It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together, talking again about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in your right of American free speech. It's time for Black and White. Welcome to the program. We have an interesting program today with a, with a guest who I read a little bit about, and uh, I want him to tell us about himself and what he's trying to do before we start the dialogue. So go ahead, sir. Introduce hey, yourself well, to my audience. Well, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Dan. My, my name is K. Carl Smith. That's K-C-A-R-L, all one word, K. Carl Smith. I live in the Alabama, the Birmingham metropolitan area. I'm a former military officer. Uh, I don't like using the word retirement, but I completed my service obligation uh, before my first look for lieutenant colonel, so I retired as a major. And uh, a father of three, grandfather of eight, and I'm a, mm. I'm a diehard patriot. And uh, I don't call myself an activist. I'm really a political agitator, more so than an activist, meaning that I don't care if you have an R behind your name or a D behind your name. If you're not adhering to the Constitution and protecting our God-given rights that we have as Americans, as uh, given, by the, given by God, protected by the Constitution, uh, you're going to be agitated. So um, I got frustrated one day about 12 years ago as to what's happened with our country in terms of how there are those who want to fundamentally transform the United States into a European socialist country and therefore lose our liberties. So I became involved in the political process, not running for office or anything, but just being involved, uh, staying, staying aware of what's going on. So... Um, and over that time, I became more aware of the conservative philosophy and I started developing a conservative, shaping my ideas as conservative. But I realized I was conservative, I just didn't use the word. So uh, over a period of time, Dan, what happened was I got sick and tired of being, being attacked because of the word conservative. And I quickly mm. learned things I told someone I was conservative, uh, they think I'm a racist or, or an Uncle Tom. Uh, they believe that I, I don't care about uh, other ethnicities, or don't care about my own ethnicity, really. <laughs> so, uh, over a period of time, I just I've carved out because of frustration and necessity, a what we call a diversity, a diversity persuasive messaging model that works. And I want to get a chance to share this messaging model with your audience. Well, that's a little bit about. How take her? How, how do you do that? How do you share your message? What do you do? Well, I have I have an online course. I wrote a book. Um, I'm traveling the country, uh, speaking and primarily speaking to the conservative choir and in, uh, empowering the choir, how to go out and bring new more choir members based on diverse choir members and giving a song a new song to sing. So I use, I'm, I'm a social media, I'm a social media derelict. I got to improve in that regard. But in terms of writing, wrote a book. Uh, entitled Frederick Douglass Republicans, the movement to reignite America's passion for liberty. I've been on national te television shows. Uh, I've been on uh, radio talk shows. And uh, it really get out there is word of mouth. And like I said, I'm going down to Turning Point, going down to Tampa right now at this Turning Point event to talk to a group of uh, young conservatives at this uh, student, uh, active student uh, program that Charlie Kirk does every year. Hey, Carl, but before we went on the air, I, I talked to you a little bit about the origin of Black and White and what it was what we were trying to do. And and the very first show that we did, um, 
the, had two subjects. One was critical race theory in the schools. Yeah. The second one was the treatment of the Democratic Party to Tim Scott after he yeah. spoke after the president. I couldn't believe the stuff that was coming out of the mouths of Democrats. And, and I'm 70, almost 70, to be 77 on Monday. And I, and I, I listened to that. And I, and I was involved in the civil rights movement when I was younger in desegregating the Columbus public schools. But, but I don't understand how the Democrats viciously attacked Senator Scott. And, well, and, and nobody in the media took any objection to that. And they never do. Well, happy birthday to you in advance, Dan. Um, Thank you. The, the whole effort, what's going on now? I grew up as a staunch Democrat, and I was voting Democrat for years, not based on values. I was voting Democrat based on family tradition, to be honest with you, because my parents were staunch Republicans until 1964. That's another subject for some other time. But regarding okay. Scott, what the left, what Democrats realize when they they don't want uh, Tim Scott or any conservative to gain any type of foothold in the minds of Black Americans because if that happens, Blacks will flee from the Democrat Party. So they have to demonize Tim Scott, Black conservatives in general, to make sure they look like buffoons in front of the Black community. That's why they attack Tim Scott. That's why they call Terrence, uh, Clarence Thomas, Uncle Thomas, or the attack when Alan West is in office, or anybody else that's, uh, that, has a pers that has a conservative label, black or white, they will attack, especially blacks. So this is it's not surprising. It's just, that's how they operate, because when you really don't have a message like the Democrat Party, you have to use propaganda. You have to use be vile and malicious to those who have a different point of view to make sure their message does not gain traction. And exactly what do it because it gives them a it gives them a powerful political advantage by demonizing the opponent, causing calling the other opponent racist when you think, okay, they must not be racist, which is not the case. Well I was I was thinking as you were speaking, it what, what immediately came to mind was Donald Trump in the presidential campaign when he went to the black ministers in Detroit. And he basically said to him, you've been voting Democrat all your life. What do you have to lose voting for me? And and if you look at the, the, the tremendous gains that the minorities in the United States gained under Donald Trump, it's no wonder that Hispanics are walking away and, and some number of blacks are walking away from the Democratic Party. Because Believe it or not, he freed them again. Another Republican freed the, the blacks again. And, right, right. and they and, and they like that freedom. They don't like what's going on now at sure. all. Sure, sure. And, and here, here's the thing. Uh, I was, uh, for the past two years when, when the President Trump was in office, I was on the advisory board to the President Trump campaign, Black Voices for Trump. Um, and President Trump had a lot of good deeds in terms of impacting the quality of life of the African-American community. Criminal justice reform, he got that through. Obama couldn't do that. But President Trump increased the funding and extended the funds for historical black colleges. and He had opportunity zones. So President Trump had a lot of good deeds. But even with all that, 
when they did this poll that came out a year before uh, January before the election, blacks still thought he was a racist. Even even in light of all the good deeds. So we got to understand why that's the case. I mean, we can talk about that later. because That's going to take a little bit to dig into and pull that out. But I do have the right. answer for it. But, but as conservatives, our number one nemesis, if you will, we must be empowered on how to be on the office to get our message heard. Get our message heard. And that's all about we got to learn how to trump the race card, pun intended, in order to get people to listen to us. Once but we're able to do that, it's over with for the left. But, but K. Carl, given the economic conditions now, um, is it harder to do that today? It, because, because people are feeling the pinch and the misery of the policies of the current administration, President Biden, you're, you're, that needle is moving a little bit, but it can move a whole lot where we can actually crush the Democrat Party. And blacks will, all we need about 10% of people, the blacks to vote Republican or conservatively, that'll crush the Democrat Party. We got to move that needle a bit more. But yeah, people feel the, they feel the misery of the current policies, but we got to do more than move that needle. And that's through engagement. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold for just a second. I got to I got to move my car. I'm in the way. So bear with me just a second. All right, buddy. Um, so I'm going to go around here. Let's see where she is. There she comes. I'm doing an interview. No, I just pull over. Okay, so we're back. So, um, so how, what are you going to say in Tampa? What are you going to tell people in Tampa? Uh, so the setting in Tampa, you have these young conservatives, these high school conservative, college conservatives, um, that come together here while these people speak. My message is a little bit more empowering and just a giving a rah-rah. These young conservatives or, or conservatives in general need to become empowered and become better messages of liberty and know how to effectively, especially on college campuses and high school campuses, how to defend the conservative point of view. How do you do that effectively? And it's not going to be done with the word conservative. What I'm going to tell them, stop using the word conservative. Don't even call yourself that because the left has destroyed that word. Soon you say conservative, you tell, when you tell somebody you're conservative, you just told them you're racist. And the attack is on and you're under defense. So I'm going to give them a message. Stop using the word. Don't call yourself that. Get rid of it. Come up with another way to identify yourself politically to help you uh, trump the race card. 
and I will talk to them about the strategy that we came up. I am a conservative, but in terms of my political identity, I'm a Frederick Douglass Republican. And I'll explain to him what that is. What a Frederick Douglass Republican is, is a person not based on color, it's based on values. A Frederick Douglass Republican is a person who embraced what we call the life-empowering values of Frederick Douglass. These are the things he wrote about and he preached on. Respect for the U.S. Constitution, respect for life, the belief in limited power of government, economic prosperity, free speech, school choice, women's rights, the right to keep and bear arms, um, religious liberty, the right to vote. Douglas wrote about all these things. And so if you believe these things, in lieu of saying conservative, I'm a friend of Douglas Republican. And I leveraged the liberty message of Douglas to help me better articulate what I believe in as a conservative and trump the race car at the same time and is ignite America's passion for liberty because right now America's passion for liberty is being overshadowed by socialist indoctrination. We got to turn that around. And I say that because Frederick Douglass, in my view, is America's greatest writer, thinker, and speaker when it comes to liberty and the U.S. Constitution. We got to leverage that. That's a great concept. Frederick Douglass, conservatives. Republican. Republicans. Yeah, the, reason was... why, the reason why it's Republican, because not only was Douglas a self-proclaimed Republican, but when we use the word Frederick Republican, it's more of an adjective than it is a noun, because we must we must protect our constitutional republic. But the phrase Frederick Douglass Republican is a God-given uh, political identity that God gave me because the one, it's an oxymoron for a lot of folks. Frederick Douglass is like kind of liberty. Because of negative propaganda from the left, Republican is the icon of racism. The two don't go together. So when you tell someone you're a Frederick Douglass Republican, you just created a mystery in their mind, and they want to know what you're talking about. That's when you got to have some content to come behind the phrase. And that's how you win the narrative and be on the offense. So do, you, do you find that since you're dealing with younger people, that they even know who Frederick Douglass is? Is it taught in the schools? Um, I'm dealing with younger people and, old, and older people. They don't know the substance of Douglass. They know he was an abolitionist. They know that he, they know that he had a bushy afro, and that's about it. <laughs> but here's the thing. If I take the time, carefully study, and show myself approved by reading the writings of Douglass, understanding the life of Douglass, now... In a conversation, I'm driving the narrative. I become the influencer in the conversation, and race, Uncle Tom, racist, come off the table. Here's what I mean by that: because of negative propaganda, you're not gonna you 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 don't you won't expect a white conservative to say, "I hold Frederick Douglass in high esteem, and I agree with Frederick Douglass's life and power values." Or, you don't expect a racist, you don't expect a conservative to say that because why, quote unquote, conservatives are racist, right? According to the left. But right. when you say that and you have the content to come behind that, you just took a step to, to trump the race card, drive the narrative, and people are now listening to you. And at the same time, you're building trust and credibility for yourself to get people to listen to you. Because right now, because of negative propaganda as conservatives, 
we're discredited before we get a chance to even talk. We've already been discredited. So when we talk, our message falls on deaf ears often. Well, we got to turn that around by leveraging the life and the liberty message of Frederick Douglass, which is counter to Marxism. And one thing you're going to find interesting, Dan, I, I went back and I contrast the life of Frederick Douglass and Karl Marx. Karl Marx and Frederick Douglass were both born in 1818. Karl Marx was born in Germany. He never had a real job in his life. His father was a lawyer. He married into money. Karl Marx was a theorist about oppression. Frederick Douglass was born into slavery. He was a slave for the first 20 years of his life. Frederick Douglass was Douglas had real-life experiences about oppression. Douglas had this newsletter called the North Star. Well, guess who was a subscriber to Douglas's newsletter out of Germany? Karl Marx. Mm. Wow. So the left has Karl Marx in their corner that they're leaning on to fight the battle. We got to get Douglas on our team, give him the ball, and get him and get out of the way. You don't have to run any special plays. Just give Douglas the ball. So we need to leverage Douglas, his life, and his writings because, as I say, Frederick Douglass-ism is the most effective liberty message to counter Marxism and send the left back to France. How do you feel about, if I could change the subject just a little bit, sure. how do you feel about the attack on Justice Thomas? That, that attack's coming from the left. Uh, I understand the attacks because that's what they have to do to minimize any strong black conservative voice to call him Uncle Tom. Um, that's what they do. And so it's unfair, but Fred, uh, Justice Thomas needs Frederick Douglass. Tim Scott needs Frederick Douglass. All, President Trump needed Frederick Douglass. All I had to say was this. Just think about it. If Tim Scott, Donald Trump was somewhere or or Clarence Thomas, or anybody that's conservative. Get up there, and, and they're being very genuine about this, and all they got to say is, you know what? I've been recently inspired by the life and writings of Frederick Douglass. I'm more than a conservative. I'm a Frederick Douglass Republican, and I agree with his life and power and values, and you go where they are. They can drop the mic and leave, because when you say that, what people are hearing, oh, this conservative has had their Saul to Paul conversion. They had a transformation. That's, not, that's what they're thinking. And that's what you want them to think. When you, when you look around this country and you see the major cities of this country in, 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 in turmoil in terms of lawlessness and murders and rapes and break-ins and you name it, mm. uh, a total disregard for the, the police and for the rule of law um, and the and the gangs that break into the department stores and the, and the places and loot everything, and and we have a criminal justice system that doesn't punish people. How do we turn that around? Well, one of the reasons why we got a criminal justice system that don't punish people. Remember when we had these riots? These riots occurred like in thirty cities. Of those thirty cities where the riots occurred, twenty-seven of them, of them had DAs who were George Soros. Uh, candidates, we got we got to start running for office at the local level and take back our country, and we got to we got to run against these George Soros candidates, because all these when the, when those rallies took place in those twenty seven cities, they knew they could do it and get away with it because they were not going to be punished for it by the DAs because they're George 
there was George Searle's flunkies. And so that's one thing we have to do. But also we got to do, we, we just can't sit back. We got to become more involved. We, we got to re- reignite America's passion for liberty. We got to get more involved in the political process. Uh, we got to get people to run for these local school boards to take back our school boards. We, we got to support our police, which most folks do. But we got to understand that we're really a majority in all this. We're not the minority. We're the majority. And so it's time for us to get out in front of the television and become engaged in the political process. If we're going to keep our republic, and that's everybody's responsibility. You know, we have all these rights, but we also we have responsibilities too, and that's one of them. The president said he was going to uh, ask Congress for $37 billion to hire a whole bunch of policemen. Who's this now? President Biden. $37 billion to increase America's police force. But, but okay, Carl, the, the problem that I have is that trying to find people who want to be police. Exactly right. Exactly I mean, right. Seattle because... short 400 people, and they can't get anybody to fill out an application to become a policeman in Seattle. That's right, because they know President Biden speaks with a forked tongue when it comes to this issue. <laughs> he said one thing during the riots. Now he's saying we're going to support it. So I think we got a leadership problem in this country, of course. Uh, and the problem is we need more people who have the moral courage to be truth tellers. I don't see that coming from the left. They come from the Democrat Party. I just don't see it. Um, and we got to keep our Republicans accountable and make sure that they do it, as well as those with a D behind the name. We, we got two more um, years of it we got to get through. The hope is just two maybe years. six. Two no, or maybe six. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm not thinking that way. I'm not thinking of, of, of the plan B. I'm well, plan he, he, saw what happened, he saw what happened this week when President Biden was in Israel and yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Gavin yes. Newsom met Gavin Newsom met with uh, Harris in the White House. Yes. And they're talking about that that's going to be the running team for 2024. How are they that much different than, than Biden? I, I think I think here's where I first of all I think the Republican Party is inept in order to take advantage of what's going on in our country. It's going to take people like you and I at the grassroots who, who's, we're out there in the trenches engaging other Americans, inspire them to vote differently, those who don't get it. We got to have an awakening. The awakening does not come from the Republican Party. But I think the Republican Party has gone so far left, a lot of people in different uh, voting blocks are frustrated and they're, they're going to vote the other way. Um, for example, this whole thing about transgenderism and push that on our children and coming after our children with CRT. Um, I'm talking to various communities who've been voting black, who've been voting Democrat tradition for long years. They're frustrated with that. They're looking other ways. Uh, and that's not because of what the, what the Republican Party is doing. I think because the left has gone too far. And also because uh, what I'm hearing and talking to people that travel this country, they understand that anybody, the Democrat Party, who embrace infanticide will do anything. And that's what's going on. And so we just got to get some good candidates out there. And and I talk to these candidates all the time. Don't go into these communities who traditionally don't vote Republican using the word conservative. You will get that vote without using that word. But once you use that word, you just gave them a reason not to vote for you. Because especially in the black community, 
I contend that blacks will vote for a devout socialist before they vote for someone they perceive as a racist. Wow. Amazing. So um, one of the issues that's hot at the moment is, and we touched on it just briefly with Justice Thomas, was the, the Moore decision on, on abortion, overturning Roe versus Wade. Yeah, yeah. And um, there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party who thought that that was going to be a major issue in the midterms that would yeah. turn the tide. And and as a percentage of people, uh, more like in New York City, there are more abortions on black women than there are live births in New York City for black yeah. women. And black women have about 50 percent of all the abortions that are performed in the country. That's correct. Um, and so uh, but a lot of people say it's because the government took the fathers out of the household and yes. put the government in charge. Yes. Uh, what, do you, what do you say? That is true. That was the great society. That's what Lyndon Johnson did with the great society. When he started these social programs and told these, the, the, uh, the government actually hired workers to go around the black community back in the 60s, telling them, look, we can give you a check. We can give you a check. We can't have no man around. They sent agents out there doing that. This is all, it didn't, it didn't happen by accident. This has all been planned and organized by the Marxists who've now taken over the Democrat Party to our, to destroy America from the inside. It's, it's part of the plan. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the socialist policies, they're not failing. The socialist policies are working. It's intended to destroy the families. It's intended to come at our children and have, have them now become little socialists versus liberty ambassadors. So... There's nothing new under the sun. This is the same strategy that was used back in Pharaoh's time. Same thing. So, 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 K. Carl, I, what I don't understand is, um, and I, 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 I try to be candid when I'm talking to people, regardless of their race, color, or creed, or political persuasion. What happened that the black community became? so subservient to the Democratic Party? Very good question, Dan. Um, I did some homework on that. Um, I don't have a PhD, but I've done some PhD level research. The Republican Party, like my parents were staunch Republicans until 1964. You gotta go back to 1964 and see when was the mass exodus of blacks from the Republican Party to the Democrat Party, because at that time, the Republican Party made the Democrat Party look like heroes to black folks. Let me explain to you what I mean. July 2nd, 1964, President Johnson signed the civil rights legislation into law. If you remember now, your staunch, racist, disocrat senators, they voted against it based on racist reasons, Right. okay? There was a certain Republican senator. He also voted against it, not because he was a racist. Uh, Barry Goldwater voted against it based on constitutional grounds. Uh, Robert Bork was a Yale University professor at the time. Robert Bork wrote a 75-page opinion that Goldwater used to vote against the civil rights legislation based on constitutional grounds. 
Goldwater was not a racist. He was an integrationist. Matter of fact, 1953, it was Barry Goldwater who integrated the Senate cafeteria in our nation's capital when one of his black staffers was refused service. So here's the point. With his no vote, Goldwater sided with the racist Democrats for different reasons. Now, do you recall Goldwater's nickname? His nickname was Mr. Conservative. Right. The book that came out in 1960 that he wrote that sold over 3 million copies was entitled The Conscious of a Conservative. At the Republican mm -hmm. Party National Convention held at the Cow Palace in 1964, the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln, the party of emancipation, who do they nominate as their presidential candidate to run against Johnson? Mr. Conservative. Right. When that happened, Black folks left the Republican Party in mass. I grew up in Alabama. I remember during that time when that happened, I heard the word conservative and the name Barry Goldwater and racist used in the same sentence. That's right. when the word conservative started becoming culturally ingrained in the Black community to mean racist. Goldwater was against the legislation, which really he by voting no, not only he was against the legislation, legislation, he was against the civil rights movement and the welfare of blacks. But Johnson signed it. That's how the Republican Party made the Democrat Party look like heroes. And that's when the mass exodus started happening. And that's when the word conservative started developing a racist connotation in the black community. But today, it's not just the black community that think the word conservative is racist. Our children now are going to college and get indoctrinated. They're being taught and indoctrinated to think the word conservative is a racist, has a racist meaning. And they're going back home telling their parents, their grandparents, their brothers that they're racist. That's what we're dealing with. Right. We've been having a we've been having a fascinating conversation with Kay Carl Smith. And I thank you for joining us today. Tell tell my audience how they can follow what you're doing. Very simply, uh, my website is kcarlinc.com. Let me break that down for you. It's k c a r l inc. I n c. So kcarlinc.com. And then I wrote a book. I got another book coming out in about two months on this whole philosophy, this whole engagement philosophy. It's entitled Frederick Douglass Republicans, The Movement to Reignite America's Passion for Liberty. And I got a book coming out by another two months um, entitled Telling Conservatives the Truth. Where can we get the uh, first book? Go to the website and top at the, on the menu there. There's a link there for the book. And also, there's a, now, I've been doing this for 12 years, Dan, traveling and teaching this whole philosophy. We actually came up with an online course, uh, and that website is diversityengagement.org. Once again, for the online course, it's diversityengagement.org. Matter of fact, you go there, sign up for the course, you get the book for free. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it, Dan. Have a safe trip, and good luck with your meeting in, in Tampa. God bless you. Take Thank care. you.